Sport on on SAFM. Let's move right along now. After talking some netball, we're going to talk hockey. We're building up to the Tokyo Games, and we're going to try and uh, have a segment every week as we build up to these games that look like they are taking place. And uh, tonight, we're going to be in conversation with the SA men's hockey team. They are raising funds to prepare and uh, also to also for the games. And the coach Gareth Ewing joins us on the line. Spring Dog, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. To be so thanks, man. Nice to chat to you. Thank you. Thank you. Firstly, how has the fundraising gone, Coach, so far, and when was it launched? Uh, we we started the crowdfund just on two weeks ago. Um, we, we're really positive about it because not only are we bringing in a little bit of money, uh, which is growing every day, I'm pleased to say, but it's also just created a lot of good conversation about our challenges. And I say you've partnered with MatchKit. We've actually spoken to Brian Habana before about MatchKit. Um, but for those not familiar, how does it work then? MatchKit is, is a startup um, which works kind of in the sponsorship and sports marketing place. And it, it's a direct link for the athlete to, to their sponsors and to their community. And, and they've helped us to leverage this crowdfund. Every player has a, has a crowdfund link which feeds into an account and people can donate and support us. How much money are you looking to raise, Coach, or how much do you need? In, in reality, going up to the World Cup in 2023, we, we've got a budget of $8 million. Um, so For the World Cup, uh, sorry, for the Olympic preparation, we, we're going to need about three and a half. So, yeah, it's, it's quite a big, big whack of cash. And I believe this will be without you even receiving a salary. That's correct. I'm unpaid, unfortunately. So, so then what is the money for? Because I would think it's not just for those two or three weeks at the Games. Not at all. Um, we're kind of hedging our bets in terms of what costs we're going to need for the games themselves. Unfortunately, we haven't received guarantees that everything there will be covered. But essentially, the, the money is for our preparation. Um, you know, we can't just go to the games and be com- completely unprepared. Uh, that's just not going to give us a good chance to be competitive. So it's about uh, a few preparation tours that we've got lined up, two in South Africa and, and two overseas. And, and really, those costs add up very quickly if you think about it. So primarily, it's for preparation and a little bit for, of our, our costs for Tokyo. And, and how much preparations do you need or preparation do you need? Or how many games maybe are you targeting to play before uh, the games? We, we are, at this stage, we're targeting 20. Mm. Um, but that will probably be still half as many as our opponents are getting. Uh, you know, time is running out and, and COVID did kind of get in the way. The European sides are, have had a lot more competition than us, but that will give us some, some good time together, which is, is almost as important as actually playing. And in this case, another question will come. What does the Olympic body cover then? I, I, I don't know. I know there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes, and, and we're still waiting for final feedback on costs, but obviously mm-hmm. they do cover the bulk of the costs. But I'm, I'm not the person to ask that question to, unfortunately. All I can do is look after my own team. And take the initiative while you wait. Absolutely. That, that's exactly what we're doing. You know, we, we're trying to, we're trying to uh, make things happen without relying too much on other people. And do you get assistance from the association? Yes, we do. You know, they're also working hard. Um, the reality is, you know, we're running this as, a, as an individual team, just the men's team. They've got four other teams, you know, that they've got to look after, all our national teams. So... They have their challenges, and, and we're trying to take this on board for ourselves and for our own uh, progression. And how big a blow was not being able to go to Rio 2016, Coach? 
Yeah, look, I mean, we're going back a few years now, but it was a huge blow, um, specifically for the experience and then also for the ranking points that, that we lost not by not being there. And those are points that we're still trying to make up. So, yeah, it's tough for us. And I'm glad that we, we, we're going to this, this, this games and that we're already looking toward building to Paris where we can hopefully grow from the experience we're going to get in Tokyo. And and what would be what would be the target then when you go to the to the Tokyo Olympic Games? Look, look, our dream is a medal, and it's not beyond uh, the scope of our imagination. But our reality is, we want to go there and compete in every game. We want to rise in the rankings, and and hopefully break into the top ten over the next six to eight months. And to do that, we need to get out of our, our pool. So so when enough of our preliminary games that we can get into the middle round. And after that, who knows? And how was the qualification process this time around? I know it's always you or Egypt up and up there and about. Yeah, absolutely. So we had to qualify at, at a hockey series uh, event in uh, India, first of all, where we needed to finish in the top two, which we managed to do. And then we had at the usual very close, uh, very good quality game against our Egyptian rivals, but we did come out on top. And uh, that's put us where we are today. You keep talking about 2024, Paris. Is that the bigger picture for you or for this team that you have? So there's two big picture items for us. Uh, The World Cup in January of 2023 and then the Paris Olympics after that. Those are really our big aiming points. And if you look at the team that myself and the selectors are currently discussing, you know, they're going to be... 10 to 12 players in that 16 who are going to be still available to play in Paris. So you can think about the experience that we're going to be gathering, and that's really, really important for us. And, Coach, the fact that you're fundraising, is, is it a crowdfunding? Is it a sign of how low down the pecking order is the sport of hockey in the country? You know, we're not the only sport who, who's facing this challenge. I think it's, it's, a, it's a financial reality, and, and I think it's really difficult and, and really quite sad um you know in terms of our participation we're a very very big participation sport in south africa and we want to just give people who play hockey and who support sport in south africa something to aspire to so i hope that there are um sponsors potentially out there who who want to come on board and help us on this journey but yeah it's it's a challenge for us and it's you know players are paying out of their pockets all the time and it's something that we really really need to change Yes, you, you've mentioned sponsors. What about corporate support? Do you get enough of that, or is there a reluctance from corporate to get involved? You know, I think one of our big challenges is, is our footprint in terms of what we can offer. You know, from an ROI or from a from mm. a media point of view, and and we're really working on that. But we do have some really good opportunities, and and you know, we've started to have conversations with with potential corporate sponsors, which is one of the best things that's come out of this crowdfund because people have taken notice. You know. So, you know, we just keep fighting the good fight. And if people are interested and they want to get involved, whether that's support of cash or, or kind, you know, we're available and, and we'd love to have conversations. And and you mentioned the numbers. When it comes to participa- participation, how are the numbers? Are you are you satisfied? Yeah, very much so. I mean, we're talking about, a, a you know, a hockey playing cohort across all demographics in South Africa of around 250,000 people. So there's a lot of people picking up sticks every weekend. Um and, and again, it's a very diverse community as well, which is one of the, the great things about hockey. And we know that a lot of schools coach play hockey. Do, do they then move up to the clubs after school or do they get lost after school? Or where do they get lost in the system or what happens after that? Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's an ongoing challenge. 
Um, I think what we need to really do in South Africa is to get our club system a little bit stronger. Uh, every city has its clubs, but we need to get the kids going through, especially the kids who don't move on to university. You know, that's a big feeder for the national setup. But I'd love to see the kids finishing high school and moving into their local community clubs and keeping the game going that way. I guess a bit of money will help some uh, some incentives for them. That would be attractive. I think it will, and I also just think it'll give the kids something to aspire to. You know, uh, don't let's forget that being a national national athlete is about being a role model to youngsters, and and mm. we really take that seriously. So, what keeps you going? I once I had an interview that you did. You said the last time you were paid was as a nineteen year old, <laughs> but but what keeps you going all these years, coach? Well, look, I mean, I do consider myself a professional. Um, I do work in hockey every day. Yeah. I just don't get paid by the national team. So for me, it's about personal growth and professional growth. But also, I'm, I'm really committed to making sure the players get the experience that I believe they deserve. And I believe that we aren't reaching our potential as a hockey nation. And I sincerely hope that what effort I put in will, will help us to rise up the rankings and achieve our goals. And how do you keep these players motivated? That is all up to them. They they are very highly motivated as individuals. They're very proud of the opportunity to play for the national team, and there's a lot of competition. So so the guys the guys motivate themselves, and they're, and they're very proud of what we've managed to achieve over the last few years. Okay, we're going to speak to one of the players shortly, but but before that, uh, once again, coach. Now, how do people assist if they want to assist if they want to add to this crowdfunding? So the best thing they can do is to to go to the sa underscore hockey underscore men social media labels or to myself at spring dog particularly on instagram mm. and or matchkit.co and you will be able to find the link to the crowd funds or to contact us through matchkit and then we can uh, either take your contribution directly through paypal or people can contact us and we can start a conversation Okay, thanks, Coach. We wish you all the best. We're also going to put this interview online. Hopefully, it will reach those who are not able to join us on the radio tonight. Brilliant. Thanks, man. Thanks. That is the coach of the SA men's hockey team, Coach Gareth Ewing, talking about the crowdfunding that they're doing, not only to get to the games, but um, also to prepare for the games because he says that they need to play a lot of matches uh, before they get to Tokyo uh, because that's what their international counterparts are doing. So they want to be on the right or on the same level, basically, um, to be able to compete at least. He's hoping for a medal, but um, that's not the bigger target. He's looking even beyond uh, the Tokyo Olympic uh, Games there is uh, the coach. And we're going to speak to one of the um, players. We're going to speak to one of, oh, I believe he's already on the line, uh, the, the goalkeeper of the SA men's hockey team, Usia Vuya Noluchung. Usia, good evening and thank you very much for speaking to us here on SAFM. Oh, okay, apologies, we've lost him there. Sia, are you there? Uh, yes, I am here. Okay, great, great. I can hear you now. I was just saying good evening and thanks for being able to speak to us tonight. All right, thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor. Before we go to the crowdfunding, for those not aware of your background, where are you from and how did you get into the sport? Uh, So I am from the Eastern Cape in a small town called Mtata. Um, (laughs) I I, I grew up there until grade two. I moved across to Peter Maritzburg. I went to uh, Merkiston Preparatory School, where I, that's where the hockey started. I I started off as a, as a striker in the sixth team, <laughs> and then <laughs> the very next year I was asked to just um, volunteer as a goalkeeper for for first team trials because there was no one available, and that's where things sort of just kicked off. And 
over a year and a half, I managed to to do myself a little bit of justice and and play play decently. Mm. I got a scholarship to Merit for college, and that's where the hockey dream started. Played um, under 14A all the way through to to first team. By the time I got to matric, I was fortunate enough to get into the SA setup from the age of 15, starting at under 16 for two years, mm. and then going across to under 18 and under 21. Oh. And then from there, on, from there on, I managed to get my debut after our our 2016 Junior World Cup. Oh, that's wonderful. And I remember when we spoke to Sanani the other year, and she was telling us that when she told, I'm sure she's also an inspiration as a goalkeeper, but she told us that when she told a family that she wanted to play hockey, they couldn't understand because most black parents don't know a lot about hockey. How was their, re- their reaction from your family? Yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult one. Uh, especially for 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 parents to to fathom that you you're going to take hockey seriously, uh, because I was lucky enough that my cousin actually started first, and he obviously wasn't taking it seriously, but it was just very fascinating for me. But once I got to once I got to high school, and I told my parents that I wanted to take this seriously, they they were absolutely fathomed. They didn't know what they didn't know what to say, <laughs> but they were so supportive towards towards the dream because. Uh, by nature, all they just wanted me to do was just pass my grades and make sure that I got good marks. So <laughs> that was a big, that was a big motivating factor. If my marks dropped, I couldn't play hockey. If my marks were up, then I could play hockey. Uh-huh. And that supplemented uh, my university, my university ambition to get my my degree in architecture. And it's been it's been an up uprise from there. And and you did you get that degree? Yes, yes, yes. Great I've, got, I've got my bachelor's. Thank and, you. <laughs> and how has the journey been then of being a hockey player in South Africa? Um, it's been it's been quite an amazing journey because I've been fortunate enough to to get uh, a couple stints overseas. Um, being exposed to the national team also has opened up opportunities, uh, not necessarily financial, but opportunities to play in. In different countries, uh, learn different experiences, um, get to meet different players, different players of different calibers, network with people, and I've been fortunate enough to play in in South America and Argentina uh, for three for three and a half months. Played in the United Kingdom for six months, and then played in in France for three months. And those experiences were were invaluable because they they they. they there was just so much that was happening, and I learned so much as a player. And fortunately enough, when I came back to the to the country, I was able to to share those experiences through my coaching and through my company and helping out kids, and creating development programs. And as as our coach had said, is that we are role models. We are role models for for the aspiring hockey players that are still in schools right now. So that's that's the concept that still drives me very much to to keep on doing uh, what I love. Which is and, playing hockey. Yes, and and what are some of the programs that you do? So I so I basically run uh, specialist goalkeeping, but I also focus very much on youth athlete development and focusing on the mental space of of performance because yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of youngsters really struggle with with performing, and there's also these these pressures in school and all of these accumulating factors, and I try channel them. Uh, by teaching them, yes, about hockey, but at the same time, life experiences that can change the way that they act when they're off the field too. So and it's a very big fundamental. 
Yeah, great stuff. And what are the challenges of being a hockey player in South Africa? So the biggest challenges, obviously, financial being one of them. Another one is not uh, having enough uh, international test matches to play per year. As our coach had said, that we uh, we are very we're quite far behind uh, in comparison to to all these other teams in Europe uh, because they get close to a hundred games per per year, and we only managed uh, to get about. 20 to 30 if we if we're lucky on a good year so that's a very very big factor that so um Sia, would you call yourself a professional hockey player in south africa or a full-time hockey player in south africa i would call myself i would call myself a a semi-professional hockey player because at the end of the day it's still such an honor to to represent your country at an international stage yes we don't get paid but I feel like if we make the necessary steps in order to to commercialize our brand and and grow it from there, I think it can become a lucrative space for it to become a professional sport. Yeah. So you have to keep another job. Yes. 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 I, have, I currently have uh, two two jobs, actually three jobs right now yeah. that I'm I'm working at the moment. I, how are you able to find the balance? Uh, so the balance. The balance actually started quite some time ago, obviously being uh, balancing studies and uh, high-performance program training and extramural activities. You sort of learn that over time to balance it. So right now, I've basically taken the same exact program I used uh, during university and implemented it right now to my working career. And if it means early hours of the, waking up early hours of the morning and, and doing late-night trainings, that's what it takes. And now you have to crowdfund for for the Olympic Games. I mean, what 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 would you like to say to the people listening, people that can assist? Uh, I'd like to say, uh, please, can you uh, get onto matchkit.co and uh, contribute uh, whatever you possibly can. Um, we would appreciate your support to all the corporate companies uh, that are out there. There is so much exciting stuff available uh, for hockey over the next. Of the the next cycle, which is the next four years, leading on to uh, the 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 World Cup in in 2023 and the Paris Olympic Games in 2024, um, we have spaces on our in our marketing sector where we can uh, sell parts of our shirts for for people to to market and to to broadcast themselves. And obviously, over some time, there will be there will be enough space for for it to be lucrative and for things to grow. And then they can also go onto my social media, my social media platforms on Instagram at Sia Nolachungu. They can go onto my Facebook page at, at Sia Nolachungu 26. They can go onto my Twitter at, at Sia triple one and they could uh, donate on, on my, my link. It's, it's uh, match, matchkit.co slash Sia Nolachungu slash donate anyone is willing to contribute anything we'd really appreciate the support and finally per player how much do you need the coach gave us the overall total but per player how much does it work out to uh we haven't necessarily accumulated how much to uh per player but mm-hmm. our total amount we'd like to raise are leading towards leading towards the tokyo olympic games is between uh 3.5 million to 5 million okay to man, 5 million. 
We wish you all the best. We're going to try and spread the word as much as we can. I know that it is possible. South Africans are kind. They can open their hearts and their wallets. So as, as, if we can just spread the word and reach as many people as we can, we'll try and do our best, man. But all the best, Sia. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you so much for having me and God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you. SA Hockey Team uh, goalkeeper, Sia Noluchungu, there talking to us about but it's journey and what they need to get to uh, Tokyo 2020. And it is possible. It might sound like a lot of money right now, but I actually saw on social media, was it last night, um, there was somebody, I just forgot who it was. Oh, my goodness. And my kid loves him. He's gonna. He's not going to be happy with me for, the, for this. But there was somebody that was raising, was doing a 10 rand challenge. I, I think it was for the students or for the fees. And they got to a million rand. They got to a million rand and they recently started that and South Africans were just randomly donating 10 rand and they put it up last night that they got to a million rand. So well done. So it is, it's actually La Cizua. Yes, yes, yes. That's La Cizua with those videos on YouTube there uh, that the kids love. That's him that raised that, that money and, and, and I guess is part of the team. So well done to them. But it is possible there if, if, if you're able to assist, get to matchkit.co and I do assist, I do help the SA men's hockey team get to Tokyo or just our hockey teams get to Tokyo because I remember 2016 I covered it extensively they had qualified but they were not allowed to qualify uh, because they were not because Sasko said that you needed the international qualifying route to get to Rio and they had qualified through the continent which was still recognized by the IOC but they were not allowed uh, by our own guys to go to Tokyo it was heartbreaking I mean we covered that story and uh, as I always say I was at Tokyo 2016 and they were not there I mean, at Rio 2016, and they were not there, and surely they can't miss out now on two Olympics in a row because we heard from the coach what it does for development, what it does for rankings, and also just the way that they're trying to introduce new people to the sport, and this is why it's important for them then to be able to go to these games. So that's what's happening as far as hockey is concerned. We're going to take another break, and we are hoping to talk doozy with Smonelo Kuela. It started today, the doozy uh, canoe marathon.